at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer Joe. Uh, as uh, said the last couple of weeks, Adam was supposed to be joining us this week, but uh, scheduling conflicts couldn't quite make it work this week. Uh, but that's okay because Adam uh, was was gracious enough to to kind of take a step back and uh, work with rescheduling on us. So he's just going to join us for our old boy episode, which will be uh, in December. So it's not a you know we kicked him out or anything. It's just scheduling conflict, but we're going to make sure. Uh, that we double back and make sure we get him um, in on another episode that he's happy to be a part of. So uh, we'll make sure that he's on later. So it's just Joe and us today. We write for Sipop.com, do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure to check out the website, Sipop.com, to keep up with that. Also, side note, um, since there is uh, been a since Twitter has become consistently a pretty big hellscape, uh, uh, we... <laughs> uh, much like the rest of the world are looking for any other option, um, but still do kind of like the format of Twitter, at least the way Twitter used to be before somebody bought it. Um, anyway, so all all this is to say um, that we have a new Civ popped Instagram account. So if you are on Instagram and you like that, then uh, uh, and you want to follow what Civ pop does, we're trying to keep up with that um, and uh, and just kind of posting whenever we have new articles going live. Um, so Instagram will be a new way that you can, uh, we're going to actually utilize that. Just make sure you go follow at sift.pop S I F T and then like dot, like the period, not, not spelt out D O T. I thought about like siftpop.com spelled out, but that's, that's not actually good. Um, so sift, <laughs> sift.pop on Instagram. Also, um, just since it's been so widely popular, uh, we started a threads account. So if you're one of those people that are one of the 70 million people in the first like 48 hours that have signed up for threads, um, we're going to try to have some fun conversation over there too. So we're still going to be tweeting stuff, um, and, and, uh, and whatnot, but just, uh, just know that you can also find us on Instagram and threads. Cool. On the podcast today, we're going to be talking about a couple coming attractions, uh, one really big release and one release that I don't know that a lot of people have heard of theater camp coming out this week. Um, I don't know, but I, I don't know. It's been kind of on my TikTok, but whatever, like my wife's a theater kid. So I've kind of become a theater kid adult. I don't if that, if that makes any sense, uh, <laughs> by, proxy. We'll talk, by proxy, that's right. Well, uh, and then we'll cross the movie off of my watch list aligning with our nerd culture theme. Um, we had enter the dragon pitted up against crouching tiger, hidden dragon, and you guys picked crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Uh, and then for the B plot, we're going to explore some of our favorite martial arts films and um uh, which i'm really excited about like initially i was like oh man have i even seen five martial arts films and then uh no there's some really good stuff in here and then uh we'll explore or we'll do the spin-off a quick recommend or warn from each one of us but first let's get a chance to talk with joe for just a little bit if you don't know him joe i i, I came up i was thinking about this because i saw in my random question generator i saw something come up and i was like you know what i like this but i'm gonna take it in a different tangent we are both married i want to know what is one thing that happened at your wedding that you think is really unique and you're really happy you did it? Um, I like the the song that we chose for our dance. We chose, um, is it, is it Merry-Go-Round of Life? It's, it's from House Moving Castle. It's like the main theme. 
Oh, that's so cool. So uh, we did our dance to that. Um, we actually, I think we have it on video. But yeah, it was it was great because um, we both love that film. I think it's both our favorite Ghibli film. Uh, it's mine. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies. But yeah, it's second for me. Grave of Fireflies is also a great choice. It's just a, that's a different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally different direction. vibe. Yep. Yeah, different vibe. Uh, phenomenal film. But but yeah, th- I think that was like the most to me is the most memorable thing. Um, that's super our, cool. Our vows were pretty memorable, too, because we both said uh we'll love each other till the end of the line so that was oh, pretty nice. that was pretty funny that was both part of both our vows so those two things kind of really jump out to me we did uh a lot of uh, a lot of weddings are so there's there's been a lot of like you there's there's a lot of times in a wedding ceremony especially ones that aren't like the five minute you know get inside a paper and get out which by the way totally cool if that's the route you choose to go especially as a guest yeah cool do the whole in and out real quick when you're in it, 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 like my brother's wedding was kind of that way. I think part of that was it was outdoors and we were trying to beat the rain. But it was like, I, I paid 200 bucks to rent a suit for this. Like, you know, <laughs> um, it, but anyway, it was uh, like a, a lot of weddings that have like multiple layers or components to them with which mine and my wife's was, which it wasn't extraordinary long, but like they, they have a unity ceremony. And so like a lot of times people do like, I know what's really popular is like they'll take sands from two different places and mix them together or whatever. And a lot of like um really churchy weddings they'll do like the 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 rope that has three strands and they'll use the bible verse that talks about like a you know three the three the strain the braided rope is better yada 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 you know um you've seen this happen a dozen times we wanted a unity thing that like felt unique and personal so um we actually did this thing where we had each prior to the ceremony written each other a letter and um and then and then we brought it with us and then um during the ceremony we had a a box big enough to hold a bottle of wine in it and so we put a bottle of wine in there and then we put each of our letters in there and then we uh we put locks padlocks on it and then so i have the key to one of the locks she has the key to the other lock and then we don't have there's not like a complete set anywhere and um and then so every year on our it's supposed to be on your anniversary you open it and then you read the letters that you wrote each other a year ago so we do my wedding was on december 28th but the first our first date was on october 30th so we do a like you write it or we we read them on october 30th um to each other and then um uh and then by our anniversary you have to have a new letter in the box and then it just goes and sits up on a shelf so you read the letters you open up the box the bottle of wine and you put a new one in there for next year so i like that we have the wine lockbox because um, we did a wine ceremony. Oh, nice! Uh, so we did a wine ceremony. So we had the lock. We have the wine in a lockbox. Yeah, we pop it open. Yeah, very similar, but ju- like, yeah, it's really cool. Like you guys do that yearly with the with the letters. Really, that's a really so that's, so really that's nice just touch. the like ten year anniversary. You open the wine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, no, I think uh, so. Yeah, so similar, except yeah, we do it every year. I mean, a lot of times we don't drink the wine and we just put it back because <laughs> neither of us are terribly <laughs> big wine people. Yeah. So I actually don't think we've ever opened the bottle of wine we put in there. <laughs> but yeah, one of these years we will, and that's fine. But a lot of times we usually have a half open bottle of wine that, again, we don't really drink. <laughs> cool. That's that's awesome. I really like that. Um, um, shoot, that was the random question. I skipped a step. You know what? That's fine. We're going to, we're just going to backtrack. Um, so there was, a, there was the random question. We'll do one more thing of one more question of pop culture. Uh, I thought it would be fun. Now I'm going to kind of dance around this a little bit, but Joe and I talked about the specifics of what this actually means earlier. I'm going to dance around this specifically in terms of Deadpool three, but I'll use examples from the flash because I think that's been out long enough. If you care, 
I don't know what to tell you, but I don't think you should care. So, and I, and there's a pretty big example I think we can we can use. Um, so, and I don't care. I haven't seen it, and, but I don't care. So go ahead and do do your worst. I really don't care. If, if you really care, you can skip forward just a little bit here. But we were on the conversation because there's been some casting news that has been announced. Some of it's been rumored, but some of it's been announced, and some of it is theorized uh on on other characters that are going to appear in deadpool 3 we already know hugh jackman's coming we've known that since they announced the film um but there were some other ones that were like marvel studios like pre-mcu like i kind of figured it was coming at some point but yeah and, and honestly like i'm really happy to see at least one of these characters return uh but i've actually been really wanting it for a while um because i I think that movie is pretty underrated and um, it's especially like, I think the director's cut of that movie is actually really good. The theatrical cut kind of sucks, but anyway, uh, maybe people know what movie I'm talking about now, but uh, anyway, just with, with a lot of specifically a lot of comic book movies, we've, we've started to see the multiverse um, kind of play into this a little bit as well. So the example we'll use in the flash is just that like, you know, Michael Keaton is back as, as is back as Batman. There's a couple other cameos in there. And there's a couple that, of cameos that are like voices. Like there's a, there's a glimpse and an audio archive of Christopher Reeve as Superman. Um, there's also a glimpse of an actor. Joe, you'll know who I'm talking about, but I'm just not going to say it for people that don't. There's a glimpse of an actor that was cast as Superman in the nineties. That the film got scrapped. So like that was a really fun moment for me. There's um, there's some homages to some old um, Bat family characters. You know, like there's Adam West and uh, um, Burt Ward um, kind of get just a little a little voice thing going on. And obviously it's just archive clips or whatnot. But um, point is like between that and then, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home with coming back of Andrew Garfield and whatnot. Joe, like, how do you feel about about these roles and are are there any of them that you thought have been complete duds? Are there any of them that you thought were like particularly excellent? What is one that you would really like to see? Where's the surprise gone? Because like if they're, they're announcing some of these things now, like, and look, we all knew what was happening in Spider-Man home, but at least, at least they didn't confirm anything until, yeah. you know, <laughs> after the movie came out, you know, like, like I'm, I'm, begging for a comic book movie to give me the split treatment where you watch the movie and then at the very very end there's just that random you know david dunn bruce willis and you're like oh cool like there's there's a cameo at the very end of the flash that i that i personally really liked um it's a batman cameo but i'm sure most people hated and i think it worked really well but because we had already seen michael keaton as batman then i was it was it was a little upsetting because like it just didn't hit me. But like I I didn't know it, I didn't know he was in the film, and then he appears. I was just like, oh cool, this is fun. So anyway, just what do you feel about all this stuff? You know, why can't they keep it a surprise anymore? Do you do you do you like that it's not a surprise? Like, does that kind of inform your choices? Like, how are you feeling about like all these people getting their turn at the role again, specifically in comic book movie stuff? I like it. I think it's a lot of fun, but I think what really kind of takes takes a wind out of the sails for me is like like you said it's just so it's always in the news like it's just all over the place either it's on a movie website or it's like them directly spoiling it or them like them pur- purposely like leaking photos of like costumes like i just want to see the movie 
Like, um, mm-hmm. I, re- I remember for Captain America, um, A Brave New World, like, they're showing what Sam's costumes look like. I was like, I didn't want to see that concept art yet. I didn't want to see it at yeah. all. And it, yeah. and it kind of disappointed me that they're actually having him wear that costume. I'm not going to go off tangent too much, but, like, I kind of like them sticking to the white costume. But, like, so that that's kind I of the costume at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was awesome. It's comic book accurate as you can get. It's, like, MCU comic book accurate. And, yeah, it's perfect. Like... So that kind of bummed me out a little bit. So that can kind of backfire for some people. You know what I mean? Like, what if I was to say, like, hey, that was that kind of hinged on me when I was going to watch the film or not. And like, you leak this thing in a trailer or you like, you know, I don't know. I think my big question is, when does it stop? Like, when do these not become fun anymore? Because, like, look, everybody was happy for Toby Andrew to be back. And I think, look, I am equally excited and upset that Wolverine is back. Um, you know, and it was, it was, even though like it wasn't necessarily the best, I really did like seeing Patrick Stewart one last time in Multiverse of Madness, especially because that's an alternate version, Patrick Stewart, you know, that's a, that's a very different Professor X. Um, so like my, my question is when does it stop? Like, when are we going to get Dolph Lundgren Punisher cameo and, and all just (laughs) cringe you know yeah yeah i don't know um, if i need that in my life <laughs> tom jane coming back sure absolutely uh oh yeah he can come back. and and if they would have filmed a ray winstone one i mean unfortunately he passed recently so that's yeah, uh rest yeah rest in peace but uh but i mean i would st- I, I he was a really good punisher too he wasn't the, the problem sucked. with the movie yeah, yeah he was a great punisher. but like yeah michael like when when is it when is it gonna end you know like like is is anybody like here's here's a good example one of the two there, there's one person that I've heard is confirmed in Deadpool three and one that is heavily rumored. The rumored was before the other confirmed person, but it's like, they're from the same movie. How are you not going to have both of these? And look, I'm all for one of these characters returning, but the other one, it's like who on earth is asking for this. And, um, I just, I'm, I'm wondering like, have we exhausted all of the, all of the good ones, you know, because Spider-Man also gave us the villains, you know? Um, Willem Dafoe got to come back to that role, you know, twenty years after it. So like, and and killed it, and killed it, right? And yeah. and and um, I hated him even more. I hated Alfred him more Mo- than ever. <laughs> and Alfred Molina, you know, got to come back to his role fifteen years later. And and Jamie Foxx is very different. Electro. I mean, we didn't we didn't get like a new Sandman. Um, and uh, but Sandman was really good in the movie too. Like like everybody was like, I don't know. But that's the, like the, the that's like best case scenario is like spider-man right that's like the best case yeah well like I, all I, those hit like you lizard maybe not that's whatever point i'm more so trying to make is wh- when are we going to get a point where like the only options we have left is i don't know, like the villain from or uh, this a villain from like a, a, an obscure character from superman 4 in the quest from peace and people are clamoring from the back and it's like who, nobody wants that you know? yeah you, you get a cameo by a nuclear man like, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Like, yeah, like nobody wanted that. Yeah, like, and it's and all of this, right? You're gonna give me these actors that are supposedly in the upcoming Deadpool movie. You're gonna give me some of these cameos and 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 respects that you're gonna give me in the Flash movie, and you're still not gonna give me Kevin Conroy's Batman. Come, on, like he should have absolutely been one of the voices at the end of the at the end of Flash. And anyway, just just one of those. Like, part of me is just wondering, like. When is it going to stop? It's fun for now that we've done a lot of the characters and the performances that people loved. But, you know, all, all, all I'm saying, and let's just take a random IP here. No, n- there there can't be a, a single person like asking for 
a return of Electra. Is there like, is there anybody that wants that? Electra from the Netflix show? Sure. Yeah, she's yeah, great. And, unless it's like a gag, I can't see it being like, here, here's the thing, like in, in Daredevil, I actually really liked her, but in her own film, she like, it was terrible. Like it completely tanked her character. Like I was like, I just don't even care about this character anymore. I never saw uh, it. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just really random. Like all the little, like idiocentric things they give her and stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, I don't know. It's grasping at straws. It's just not great, great, but. And like, it would be fun to see Chris Evans as the human torch again. That'd be yeah, fun. It might even be fun to see Jessica Alba as the invisible woman. It might yeah. even be fun to see John Chick, uh, Michael Chiklis as, Michael uh, Chiklis as the, the as, as thing again. <laughs> yeah. Do you think anybody's asking for the original Mr. Fantastic? The guy that nobody remembers his name. Oh, oh, the, oh the, yeah. The, <laughs> was that the, the, the deadbeat stepdad from, um, yeah, what's it called? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, um, God, what's that movie? The one with the rock. Oh, I, I can't think of the name either. <laughs> That's the, a freaking the, the earth, the earthquake movie. Uh, San Andreas. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is it really just called San Andreas? Damn it. Yeah. It's just called San Andreas. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, I thought it was something different. I really well, like that had, like, I don't know why I forgot like what it was called. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Maybe because I expected a more clever title. I, I was, I was going through like Geostorm in my head. I'm like, I know it's not Geostorm. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. Like my biggest thing is like, haven't they exhausted all the good options? <laughs> like, now that we got Keaton back as Batman, like nobody, is there anybody that wants um, Chris O'Donnell back as Robin? No, I'm sure there. You know, actually, I'm sure there's some people that do. No, there's, there's some people that like the Schumacher films. Like they kind of have like a little cult following, the tiniest of cult followings. I like I like them for what they are. I mean, Batman and Robins or is just a giant piece of crap. But like, it, I, yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody expected Clooney didn't even expect that movie to be anything more than a giant piece of crap. You know, but like, yeah. I'm a big defender of Batman Forever. But um, yeah, and it's and, a, and it's a I movie. guess to that point, like, I would love to see Jim Carrey return as the Riddler. Um, that would be, I would. That's a good one. And you know what? Honestly, I really want like Matt Reeves to do it. I think that would be like like incorporate him into his the Batman saga. I think that'd be awesome. Um, especially because like it's such a very different Riddler. Like it's a different vibe. Yeah, you would you, you'd have to. I guess. I think Carrie would be into in, it too. In my mind, though, in my mind, though, Paul Dano played Hush, not Riddler. So um, he did kind yeah. of play Hush. Yeah, yeah. So like. <sighs> Yeah, like I, I, I would, I would like to see Jim Jim Carrey return to the role. I think, I think getting Tommy Lee Jones to return, if he, if he knew the role he was playing, as opposed to, you know, playing the Joker as Two Face, I might be fun. That like, I might like to see that. You know, um, some of the Nolan Batman ones, but like, they're those movies aren't old enough. They're not far enough out of pop culture consciousness to. Plus, they ended on their own terms, not like the rest of the movies. So I know they asked Bale if they could use his likeness or if they wanted him to come back for a cameo for Flash, and he said no. Yeah, he said no. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was supposed to be at the end. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and he didn't want to because he wanted the trilogy to stay how it is. Which fine, but Dark Knight Rises ending sucks. Uh, so I'm trying to think of a cameo that would like really excite me. Like, I mean, honestly, I'm Jim Carrey is the Riddler is the biggest one so far. I mean, Man. I would still like. I mean, there was uh, there was a, a heavily rumored sequel to Batman and Robin called Batman Triumphant. That was supposed to have Nicolas Cage's Scarecrow. And you know what? I still really want to see the head. Yeah, that's been dope. Um, and uh, wasn't it wasn't Malkovich supposed to be in that one? 
I know Malkovich was supposed to be Vulture in Raimi's Spider-Man 4, but I thought maybe Malkovich was supposed to be in... No, maybe it was... I think it was supposed to be Malkovich's Scarecrow and then Nicolas Cage's another role. And then they got swapped or something anyway. I wouldn't mind seeing James Marsden come back as Cyclops in some type of cameo or like, man, it, even if he came back, he still looks good. If he came back in a permanent capacity, I wouldn't even be like mad at that. Give him give him something I, to do. like because I think there's no way we don't get at least a Jean Grey cameo in Deadpool 3. And I'm pretty sure there's been images of Storm. Any, any of the original X-Men, any of them from the Hugh Jackman run, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw. Yeah. Not not too it's not too big of a surprise to have any of those get pulled into. Yeah, and we already kind of got that tongue in cheek Deadpool two one with the like them being in the room off to the side and him just shutting the door on them. You know, yeah, so like, that was great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm also trying to think: is there any of them? Like we've already said, Tom Jane as Punisher would be cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of those those early two thousands late nineties films again. I think it'd be really fun to see Chris Evans as uh, as the Human Torch. It'd be sick to see Blade. That would be that would be a well, cameo. I know, he, I know would, he wants. I know he wants to do that. Yeah, that would be. But but that would be a dope cameo. Like people would be like, people lose their minds. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. The the big thing that I come that I come away from this conversation are just continually wondering, like, why can't they let these be surprises anymore? And they're out of all the people that we want to see return. <laughs> right. You know. They kind of, like I said they like you like you stated they've exhausted a lot of their. A lot of the great ones, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, in one way or another, you know, because even there was even that like Wonder Woman 1984 had that Linda Carter cameo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and man, if you want to throw in the TV side of things, you know, there's been there's been TV runs of this stuff all the time. You know, it, it wasn't Smallville was the resurgence, but like there was a bunch of stuff like small screen superheroes in the 90s. So, yeah, just they weren't good. That's why we don't talk about them. Uh. Yeah. They're just super terrible. Like that, that the original Superman and Lois with Dean Gain, you know? Oh yeah. Who's didn't didn't he return in Crisis on Infinite Earths? Or I don't I didn't I didn't see it. Uh, I don't know. I know Brandon Routh returned. But which like, was cool. That was nice. But that was it, nice. But is anybody asking for Dean Cain to come back as Superman? You know? <laughs> no, I, especially not now with his opinions and his whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah, he doesn't need to be there. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add to the conversation? As far as, like you said, like, I'm trying to think of, like, good cameos. And, like, all the ones I could think of, like, they're either super obvious or, like, they're so far down the list, like, I wouldn't even care. I would like to see, like, some of the voice actors start to get, like, like nothing would have made me happier than to see Kevin Conroy get to don the bat suit in live action. Um, you know, like, I would like to see maybe some of the people that are known for the most iconic voice work to, to kind of get their due diligence. You know, and, well, he, and maybe was- even if it's... He was on the CW shows. He was played, he? he played, yeah, he played an older Batman. I see. I, I don't watch. I haven't watched the CW shows since uh, the first season. Of Flash. I I don't either. I don't watch any of them. But I remember that seeing that in the news and like seeing pictures of him where he was okay. like he had the whole Kingdom Come thing where like, the neck brace like holding his neck up like he's like that aged and like okay. We're like see that's and, what he's keeping moving. Why can we get that in the movie? You know, <laughs> like that a lot of more that's, people to see. You know, like, a lot of DC stuff. Like that's what they were doing. They were doing a lot of TV CW stuff. So they're doing a lot of give, lower budget stuff. Give me, uh, give me Jensen Ackles as uh, as Batman because he was Batman in Under the Red Hood, which is my favorite uh, animated film. And uh, give me, give me Brian Cranston as Jim Gordon because he was from Year One. You know, like, uh, like, like, start maybe give maybe give some of the due diligence to to some of the like really famous you know, the guy that played Terry McGinnis. Why not give him a small role? You know, 
Um, and, and I realize a lot of times these voice actors like aren't live action. They're just voice actors. I mean, not, sorry, not just voice actors. They're like, Jensen Ackles could do, he could they do it. They don't, yeah, they don't, they don't have a desire to be live action. That, that's not true for all of them, but that's true for some of them. And, uh, I think a, a good amount of them, but like, but like we, we, like we all know that he, that, that Jensen Ackles can go sure. like, yeah. And same with Brian Cranston and yeah, whatnot. like, especially after seeing him as soldier boy like that even more like i was like yep like sign him up for anything else he wants to do like give give me the terror strong harley quinn like that'd be cool come on that, that's, that's nice easy I, and i feel like she's recognizable enough especially like the nerd community that people would see her and like that would be like that'd be a good pop you know and she's I mean? like, like the biggest voice actor of all time so yeah yeah there we go give give me the terror strong harley quinn that's what i want next cool yeah. we kind of yeah. we kind of got mark hamill's joker with him playing trickster in the flash like that's close enough i'll take it yeah, that, um, that's pretty good. So let's uh, let's move on then. Um, let's start with Theater Camp because this is a smaller film coming out this week. Um, theater Camp, only in theaters, uh, coming out July 14th. Directed by Molly Gordon and Nick Lee. Molly Gordon? That Molly Gordon? I gotta see. Huh, shoot, I didn't know that she was part of this. That Molly Gordon that just played Claire on season two of The Bear. Um, she was also in Good Boys and other things. I didn't know she was a director. Um, I, oh, yeah, she, I was, was, she was in Booksmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 oh, yeah, I knew there was another one I was missing. Um, I, d- I didn't see the trailer for this one. I've seen, I've scrolled past it on TikTok a number of times. But um, also directed by Nick Lieberman. That's a name I should know. I feel like that's a person. Yeah. This is this is okay. Um, Nick Lieberman and Molly Gordon directing. Uh, both of them writing as well as uh, Noah Galvin, uh, starring Ben Platt, and Molly Gordon, um, and. I think a, 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 a good amount of people that are like maybe faces you would recognize. I'm sure a lot of these faces my wife would recognize. Um, I've, so. I've recognized like a lot of them and I was like, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's fun. Yeah, I recognize a couple of these faces. But again, like my wife, who is a theater person, I'm sure she, you know, like there's Amy Sedaris in here who I know. And there's Jimmy Tatro, who I recognize his face. I feel like uh, if, if you've seen American Vandal. AO. He's he's amazing in that. I saw a couple episodes of very <laughs> He's so good. I'm gonna butcher this, but Ao Edabiri, uh, again, face I recognize. Um, I really like um, way down in the list. Um, there's Luke Islam. He was uh, he was an America's Got Talent um, kid that did Broadway stuff, and then he got cast in that Mighty Ducks TV show, and he was their goalie, and he's he was good. I liked him. Um, anyway, an eccentric staff of a rundown theater camp in upstate New York must band together. With the beloved founder's broy son to keep the camp afloat. Um, did you see the trailer for this, Joe? I did. Uh, it, looked, so, it looked really good. Yeah. So the the first review that I came across on IMDb, and this is the only only thing, it just said mockumentary. Still, so is this a mockum? Is this going to be a mockumentary? Uh, I don't. Or I don't at least like framed in that way. I don't know if it's a mockumentary, but it has like those like crash zooms. Like it has that office type feel. You know what I mean? So it's still a mockumentary, but they're like mockumentary light, you know, light. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like not like documentary now or um, I I would like they're they're just different energies, you know, Parks and Rec in the office and Brooklyn Nine-Nine than, you know, some of the Christopher Guest stuff. So, yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, uh, this movie's coming out this week. Uh, Joe, when do you think you'd see it? Uh, The only thing that is going to matter is your free will. So your schedule, your budget, any of that's out of out of the question, just your free will. Are you going to check it out in theaters? Wait to rent it at home. Wait till it's on streaming service you already pay for. Kind of wait to see what the first reactions are from some people you trust, or are you not interested in this movie? Uh, for me, I thought it was like really quirky and kind of funny, and like like really played in my type of humor. So for me, I said theaters. 
Um, and I did recognize a lot of the faces, especially Jimmy Cadro. Like I said, I love the first season. I love both seasons of American Vandals, but the first season's really good, mm-hmm. um, especially because of him. He really like carries the the, the mockumentary. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to see him in like kind of a similar type of setting. It looks like he's playing like a similar type of character, but like the cast overall looks really solid. Um, it looks really funny. But yeah, this looks the only only knock I would say like I feel like this thing should be rated R, but if they're going more for kids, a little more lighthearted feel. I get it. So. They're kind of teetering okay. that line of look like in the trailer. Anyways. I came into this fully expecting to say like streaming because why not? Um, but dude, I'm if I'd see the trailer, I maybe would be willing to commit to theaters, but I'll just say like a really enthusiastic rent. Uh, I mean, just like some of the people that we listed, I mean, Ben Platt's hit or miss. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of people that are upset of his career because nepotism, um, apparently, which fair um he's still got talent um but yeah i don't know um yeah he's still got talent obviously uh yeah, and maybe i'm just riding off the high of having just finished season two of the bear that the molly gordon thing really intrigues me um but uh but again like a, a lot of the people in here if you look through their imdb they're in a lot of really respectable like i just pulled up the the other writer noah gal noah galvin and he has only written um, one other thing that was, uh, oh, it was the short that this must be based off of, um, came out in 2020. But like, he's in Assassination Nation, which I heard really good things about. He's in Booksmart, which wasn't quite my cup of tea, um, but people really love. I love, I love it. I'm on the wonderful he's side. In, yeah, I'm in the minority and that's okay. Uh, he's in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is a show that I didn't get around to and, you know, but like. I think I would have really dug if I did get around to it. I know a lot of pe- the the handful of people that were watching that show really loved it, but just it never never caught track um, to the general public. I know I know Dicer really liked it, and uh, there's a handful of other Sith Pop writers that really liked it. But like this is like a- every one of these people, you just pull up and you'll just see them have a pretty respectable IMDb here. You know that is that really? Oh my god. Okay, so the person who I said I was going to butcher their name, Ao uh, Edabiri, I just. I didn't recognize. She's also in the bear. She plays Sydney. So, you know, fine. Let's go theaters. Let's do it. Why not? (laughs) But, but again, like you look at, uh, you look at, uh, she's a, she's been a consulting producer on, um, what we do in the shadows and big mouth. And she's a co-executive producer for the bear, which again, I'm writing that high right now. Um, she's, uh, has an uncredited role in a movie called shit house that me and Robert really love. Um, she has a small role in a movie called how it ends that I, that Shane, um, asked me to watch. And I actually really liked it. It was a fun little thing. She's the voice in as, uh, in Missy from big mouth, which again, like hit or miss she's in a couple episodes of Abbott elementary and history of the world part two. Like again, she's glory in uh, Spider-Man across the spider verse. She's apparently in one of the episodes of black mirror. She's in the new clone high series as Terry. Like, you click on anybody here and they're going to have a pretty extensive IMDb. And that, you know what? Theater theaters. That's fine. Theaters. Uh, and, and not only that, but I, I see searchlight pictures here on the, uh, on the, th- on the poster. So it's, it's usually, a, usually a pretty good sign. That's going to be a pretty good movie. Yeah. Usually. So it's like, usually when you say and, 24, like usually like eh, probably gonna be a good movie. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. I'm, and I'm sure this is going to be one. Look, I, we still haven't seen Indiana Jones as of this moment. I think we might go in the next day or two. And, uh, but like, like, I'm sure I'm going to show this trailer to my wife and she's going to be like, yeah, let's go tonight. And, uh, you know what? That would be a okay with me. <sighs> good time. Cool. Let's talk about mission impossible. Dead reckoning part one. 
um, first of these part one movies in a while to put part one in the title. I want, I think that's a marketing thing. Like I think when's the last time you think you've seen that happen? Was it Harry Potter was the last one that it felt big, like part one, part two, because, because infinity war and Endgame were announced part one and part two, and then they changed to infinity war and Endgame. But yeah, and and, and same with, same with Spider-Verse. It was supposed to be across Spider-Verse part one and two, and then it was across and beyond. And again, probably for the best, but, um, I th- I you know, I don't see any reason why Dune shouldn't have been marketed as Dune Part One. Other than it would have been marketed as Part One, there would have been a lot of people that would have just waited because they don't want to watch Part One, knowing the Part Two hasn't even been filmed yet. You know, so um, when's the last time you can think? Was is it Harry Potter the last one that you can think of that was like announced as Part One? Because and there's a good amount of these movies that came out that were like, especially these sequels that were like definitely part two of part three like pacific rim uprising and independence day resurgence and then never gonna well, get there uh, hunger movies. games mockingjay part one and two that's true that was that, that was wasn't that wasn't much longer after harry potter though that was what 14 yeah. 15 yeah that wasn't really that much longer after um did the twilight series they did parts right yeah they but announced... i think yeah that's similar similar time time frame so yeah those <laughs> would both be after harry potter remember the matrix said that they called their shot like they were like oh yeah we're doing we're doing you know reloaded and we're doing revelations here you go like yeah Yeah, but they also released them three months apart (laughs) yeah which is nuts but like so yeah either way i think it's just a marketing thing um and i'm but but like i'm happy and based off of uh i did read aaron dicer seen this and he did post this thing and he's just thrilled because they're advertising it as part one but it is a complete movie and like that makes me happy um He's like, it's a part one, but it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Thank God somebody finally cracked the formula. Like, awesome. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is the seventh installment in uh, the Mission Impossible franchise where Ethan Hunt and his IMFT must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls in the wrong hands. Very vague. Love it. Directed by Christopher McQuarrie, uh, also written by him, but also Bruce Geller and Eric Jedrickson. Uh, McQuarrie's been the one responsible for Rogue Nation and Fallout. Um, so... Uh, he's been in charge of the last couple here, and he did Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. Uh, we got uh, Tom Cruise and Rebecca Ferguson returning, uh, Simon Pegg, Vanessa Kirby, um, Shea Wiggum. I'm a, like, there's a bunch of people. Ving Rhames, um, Henry Cersny. I think I think all those people have been in there in the franchise so far. I'm unsure of Carrie Elways or if he's new. Um, and then. Uh, Haley Atwell and Palm Clementif, who plays Mantis in um, Guardians, um, are new to the um, yeah to the franchise. So um, and some other names and some other people that are probably going to, you know, you're going to recognize this might be one of those movies that I wonder if they'll pull a surprise cameo back from, a, you know, like one or two <laughs> Mission Impossible one or two. Um, so anyway, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Part one, Joe theaters, rent, stream, skip, or just kind of wait to see early reactions. I, I think for me, mission Impossible movies. I love my even love two, even two being as bad as it is. It's ridiculous. But anyways, um, I think these are big event films. So you have to see them in theaters. And like, it gets me excited that, you know, we have McCory coming back. Um, Cause fallout was amazing. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. theater theaters for me, like I had such a good time with fallout. Like it's not a movie that I watch very often. I've only seen like two or three times, but every time I watch it, like, it's a good experience. So, yeah, um, I am ready for 
I'm ready for this franchise to end, but I'm also not ready for this franchise to end. I'm ready for this to be like Christopher McQuarrie's big mic drop. And then somebody like, cause I really liked when the franchise was, you know, the first one was Brian De Palma. Second was John Woo. Third one was JJ Abrams. Fourth one was uh, Brad Bird. And then McQuarrie came in and then he was the first to ever do two in a row. And now he's doing four in a row. Uh, like so, so good I, at it though. <laughs> it's it's hard to be like yeah. I don't want it anymore because Rogue Nation and Fallout were both excellent. Fallout I think is like the easily the most watchable. I still think Ghost Protocol is my favorite. Um, yeah, but, that, was a game, uh, that was a game changer. Yeah, but it's like it's really hard to argue Fallout. And again, Rogue Nation is kind of sneaky in the mix there. But uh, uh, and and honestly, I think three is is awesome it's just not quite that next level like the rest of them are so like i don't know i kind of like when they were like hey you random person you denis Villeneuve, come make your one mission impossible movie um you know and you uh i was gonna say russo brothers but i don't i don't want that uh, <laughs> ryan oh. johnson would you like to make a mission impossible movie you know and uh and hey and hey the daniels you feel like making a mission impossible movie um, the only thing is we ask that you keep it in tone with the rest of the series. And then that's it. Um, like, I, like I kind of want it to return that way. And it, and Tom Cruise has just said he wants to keep doing this until he's 80. And it's like, I want to see it because dude is so good in these kind of roles. But like, yeah, part part of me also just wants it to be, you know, I, I really want to know the alternate timeline where where uh, Jeremy Renner um, took over Mission Impossible as it seemed was probably planning for during Ghost Protocol. Like, I want to know what happens if Jeremy Renner takes over at number five um, and, you know, and and if they keep on doing like different smaller um, people. So I'm um, either way, I'm fully I'm fully excited as long as as long as um, Christopher McQuarrie is now one of those that anytime he has his name on anything, because he was even just writer credit on uh, Top Gun Maverick. And that was one of the best movies of last year and one of the best action movies of all time. So like I just wanted to see it, man. I haven't seen it yet. My yeah. uh, my local indie is actually playing the original Top Gun next month on a big outdoor screen that they installed, and it's just totally free to the public. And like, that's awesome, man! I really want to go, but why not show Maverick <laughs> or show both? Like, why not show both? Well, because because they can only do it after uh, after dark, so they don't start until eight pm. Yeah. Um, or, but yeah. but still, why not show Maverick? <laughs> yeah, I want to show the, uh, you know, the the better film. Yeah, I've heard right. I've heard it's a better film. It's so much better. It's so much better. I mean, it doesn't uh, take much. Like, Top yeah, Gun the is, first one yeah, kind of sucks. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's iconic, but it's yeah, it's not the best film. Yeah. So anyway, just as long as Christopher McQuarrie is attached, I'm in. As long as, as long as Tom Cruise, like, when's the last bad movie Tom Cruise has been in? The Mummy is pretty terrible. Okay, sure. I didn't see it, but based off a of reputation, sure. But that was what 2016. That's still like seven years ago, man. Because well, even he, even the movies that does. oh seventeen mummy was twenty seventeen yeah Jack Reacher had, two was pretty bad I heard I didn't see that I saw the first one I thought it was fine um, American Made I don't think is I didn't see it but I don't think it's supposed to be bad he was Edge really of good in it. was excellent yeah uh, he was really good in it and uh, it was a good movie American Made was actually really solid I actually really enjoyed I think it. I think it built, Oblivion's kind of split fifty fifty uh, I think it's kind of a snooze fest it's it's a okay. beautiful movie but it's a little it's a little boring. Well, like, point is, like, dude's been on a roll recently, and uh, except for the mummy, yeah, except for the mummy, and then, you know. But it's but especially if you just look at man, I I, I want to go if you just look at here 
But then I keep going back because I'm like, well, if, especially if you just look at Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol because Night and Day was right before that. And it's like all you really have is Oblivion and Mummy in there. And the, But then it's like, well, but if you go if you go right before Night and Day, Valkyrie and Valkyrie's pretty good. And that's the same year as Tropic Thunder. And he's really good in that. If you go back one before that, you got Mission Impossible 3 and then War of the Worlds and Collateral, Last Samurai. And then you've got Goldmember, Minority Report, Vanilla Sky, like... Yeah, and then you like, get Mission Impossible 2, but then you get Magnolia, Eyes Wide Shut. Like, it's like, dude's just always been on a roll. We just like to hate him in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, I always loved him as a performer. I was like, he's... Sure, sure. He's a good film. It's like, like I said, you just rattled off, like, some of his greatest hits, like... <laughs> well, and that's not even, like, that, what was... That, that was Eyes Wide Shut. That didn't even include A Few Good Men, or Born on the Fourth of July, or Color of Money... Risky business, the outsiders, like <laughs> Yeah, his his agents have like really hooked him up for sure. Yeah. They he really did everything up. he could to try to ruin his career in the early two thousands, but uh and then again kind of with the whole Scientology stuff, but you know what? Good for him because I'm so happy we got Top Gun Maverick and these Mission Impossible movies. Yes, anyway, I just part of me really wants this to be Christopher McQuarrie's big mic drop, Re- Dead Reckoning Part One and Two. Part of me also hopes I don't know, like part of me wants them to pass the torch, but also like as long as Cruz is still doing the stuff and it's not like I haven't seen it yet, but is like the way that people are talking about Indiana Jones where they're like, it just kind of feels out of place. It doesn't really feel natural or whatever. You know, Harrison Ford is very clunky when he moves and whatnot. And it's like, all right, maybe you stop having him be Indiana Jones then or whatever. So like as long as yeah. Cruz is still doing the things that he's doing, but like. Yeah, because Cru- Cruz still looks like he, he moves smooth. He and still looks like he belongs. He just turned what, it, like sixty. There's nothing better than seeing a Tom Cruise run. That's like the that's like one of the highlights of a Mission Impossible movie. Well, to see him run. If from you an like explosion. seeing Tom Cruise run, then you can see a lot of him run. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the things you like. You watch a Mission Impossible movie, like man, he better run in this movie, and he usually does. It's usually like yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Joe? Do you do you want him to keep doing these movies forever? Or do you kind of want part, Dead Reckoning Part One and Two to kind of be? him and McCory to be like, you know what? We made an excellent three movies together. I think I'd be really curious to see if Cruz has any interested interest in returning to a not Corey directed. Like, I, I think if he says, you know what? I've done my three. If you count part one and two is one, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to move on to something different. I, by the way, I don't, I don't know that Christopher McCory wants to do that. Um, I don't think even he knows whether he wants to do that. I think he's just focused on making two right now. Um, but I think Cruz is done when McQuarrie's done and, but like they'll still make more mission impossible. I, I wonder if they'd reboot it though. Uh, just to kind of let the Cruz ones be the Cruz ones. And yeah, anyway, what, what do you, th- do you, do you want, do you want, do you want them to keep making them or do you want? Yeah. I, I would love for them to continue making it. Like you said, as long as he can like perform at like a high level at the level that he's performing at. Yeah. Sure thing. It's Tom Cruise. Like, yeah, let him do what he wants to do. If he's still a crazy man doing his own stunts and like being able to That's perform, it doesn't look clunky. Yeah, let him go. Well, I I just think like he'll have a venue to do all of his stuff, you know, um, you know, because they're making that sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, and I don't think they're going to make a sequel to Top Gun Maverick. Um, but it would be really hard to turn it down because of how much money that movie made. Um, I think he's kind of swore off doing the like big cinematic universe blockbuster after the mummy but like there's plenty of good stuff that he could turn to i would love to see him go back to doing some of that like tropic thunder kind of stuff um, i would love to see him do more comedy stuff i think he's I would, really good at it 
I would love to see him do kind of more return to form like collateral, like where he plays a villain or even, you know, kind of just those those that slow, um, like really steady, really restrained performance. Um, yeah. I, I think Michael Mann's collateral is like criminally underrated. It's like super good. It's a really good movie. And he's like bone chilling, like Bill and good in it. Like, yeah, yeah he's really good. In it's it. like, you know, I, I again, if, if dude wants to keep making these, as long as they're going to be this good of a quality, like it's hard to say you don't want any more. But part of me is also just wanting. Why not? If, if Tom Cruise, if Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2 are anywhere near as good as Rogue Nation and Fallout, we can all forgive Mission Impossible 2, you know, like and call it one of the best action franchises of all time. Um, and especially if you want to go just four, five, six, and seven, part one and two, like you could call it maybe the greatest run of action movies of all time. Um, anyway, we should probably move on. Yeah, I mostly just, I was like, look, we're both going to be like, yeah, we're going to see this as soon as we can. It's fine. Um, I'm looking, uh, by the way, like probably, probably by the time this drops, I will probably have already seen it because it comes out Tuesday night, not Thursday night. So by the time this drops, I will probably have already seen it. So um at least i hope i have all right there's the two movies coming out this week um and le- do you have anything else to add uh to mission impossible or are you are you ready to uh move on no we can move on like you said that's just we both love the the franchise i think we just, it's something we would just keep talking about so we just we can move i don't know on. how anybody i don't know how anybody could not like them like there's something in it for everybody for people that like the crazy action it's there for people that want the intense spy thriller it's there for people that want masks it's there it's there um like that reveal at the end of that beginning of fallout was like my favorite thing ever with the oh so uh, good with the like nuke going off and the wolf blitz man that was insane yeah it's so good like just so well thought out like uh, yeah let's uh let's let's go ahead and start start talking about uh (laughs) crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah uh this is a 2000 film uh it is directed by ang lee uh has a couple different writers for it it stars chow yun fat uh michelle yo um a lot of a, a decent amount of people that you might recognize especially if you're familiar with asian cinema i know like chow yun fat and michelle yo were like mega yeah. stars yeah they're um, huge and and for the sake of not wanting to butcher any of these names as well as i don't know that names will help people um but uh, yeah crouching tiger Hidden Dragon, a young Chinese warrior, steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. That's a, a lot better of a synopsis than what the Blu-ray cover um, read. Um, so, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, real quick, before we like reveal anything, um, this is my first watch ever. Um, it was one of those that I... Um, I think like I've always known the name, like it's got, it's, it's had a really popular name. You know, it was um, like Oscar nominated Oscar winning, sorry. Uh, won four Oscars for, let me just double check and make sure. Um, but like, I think it was one of those, you always know the name, but I never really knew what the movie was and I didn't see it as a kid. And I'm not sure uh, that this is, uh, I'm not sure that this is one that like I would have even liked as a kid uh, because it's pretty serious. It's got some fun moments, but it's not overall like a fun movie, you know, uh, Oscar, a uh, best picture nominated, best director nominated, best screenplay nominated, one cinematography, one score, one art and set direction and one foreign language film. Um, also nominated best original song, a love before time, best, uh, film editing and best costume. So, uh, 
Yeah, fun, this fun is fact, first... it's, um, it's tied with Roma for most nomination for a foreign film. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you just, you pretty much displayed that by actually rattling off almost every single one of them. But yeah, that, yeah. that's pretty crazy, right? So, so this is a film that was completely unfamiliar to me. Again, like, I feel like I knew the title. Obviously, like, I've, I've seen a couple of uh, movies with Chow Yun-Fat in it. I've seen um, more than a handful with Michelle Yeoh in them. Um, but yeah, I don't think I ever knew what it was about. But I think it was just one of those that, like... I think eventually I was going to have to get around to and somebody was talking about it. And uh, it was actually they played this a year ago at the outdoor theater. I was just telling you about with Top Gun. Um, and I really wanted to go, but I couldn't that night. And uh, um, yeah, but like maybe a month before that, I found a 4K copy um, for 10 bucks and picked it up. So uh, which, by the way, I will say I, I can't compare it to the Blu-ray disc, but um, I was not overall impressed with the 4K transfer. So if you have a Blu-ray and you're looking to upgrade it to the 4K. I wouldn't. Um, so, uh, Joe, what is your history with the movie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw this movie pretty early on when it came out. I actually think I saw it. Uh, I think my my uncle had purchased a copy, a VHS copy. So that's how <laughs> this is 2000. So um, I think you know Blu-ray, not Blu-ray, but DVDs are like slowly becoming kind of more the norm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I remember being really like really loving it. Um, I love kind of like Chinese epic uh, martial arts films like this. So uh, this is super up my alley. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about Yung uh, uh, Ping, who does the fight choreography in this, and it's amazing. Uh, he's most famously known for The Matrix, but he's done like so many martial arts films, uh, Hong Kong films. So, um, but yeah, I I really love this movie. Sorry to kind of like spoiler alert. I do really love this movie. I think it's nearly a perfect film, uh, but yeah. That's nice. Um, on the like it, love it, hate it, it's like it, think it's just okay scale. I'm going to go probably low side of like it. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I think there was a lot of expectations coming into it for me um, because uh, not, not really because of the Oscar nominations thing, because I think I looked up like after like we just finished watching and um, and then I realized how many it was nominated for and that it won a couple, un- unlike some other films that, you know, like are nominated for a ton and then don't win anything. Um, uh, I think I think it's just one of those that maybe I was expecting a little bit more or whatnot. But then I also think the movie just makes a couple mistakes and that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, still still like the movie. Um, let's start here, um, man. Why has Hollywood done Michelle Yeoh so dirty? Because <laughs> she's in what I think is the worst Pierce Bronson James Bond film. Nope, sorry, that's Die Another Day. Um, I was like, and, and I know this is pretty good. It's well, like top tier. I know like, a lot of people don't like The World Is Not Enough, but I have a ton of nostalgia for that one because I played the PS1 game so much. So I I probably like the movie a little bit more because of that. And it was also like it was my go to as a kid uh, for James Bond movies. But like it's been a while since I've seen Tomorrow Never Dies. I need to watch it. But uh, but point being um, like she did that and she did this. And yes, like she's been in some things. But like, how has she not been owning Hollywood for the last 25 years? Yeah, it's I mean, I'm like glad that she's got her thing going now. You know, she's. 10 upcoming projects, the, the haunting in Venice coming out later this year. The, uh, that's the new pro movie. She's in wicked, um, uh, a star Trek project. She's in the next three avatar movies, you know? Um, but like, man, like how she's in Shang-Chi and everything ever all at once. She's in, 
last Christmas saw that I saw that Crazy Rich Asians and she was in Guardians too. But like, how have we? How has Hollywood just let her not own them? You know. <laughs> I mean, her Hong Kong career has kept her well fed. Let's just say that. Like, yeah, and, I, and she, that's she is fine. super well known. Like, yeah, and, I mean, and, and good for her. Yeah, but it, it, I definitely agree that like not to the level that she deserves, and now she's getting that recognition that she finally deserves. So I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Well, yeah, it's just one of those like not to mention like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think like when was that real resurgence of female led action movies? Like, it's probably it was later than time, it should have right? been. Well, I'm thinking specifically like atomic blonde and and like like when it really became like female-led action movies that were actually taken seriously you know uh like how was michelle yo not the first person thought of right yeah it's crazy and look she's really good in this i'm not trying to say she's like a mind-blowingly good or anything you know she wasn't nominated for an oscar for that year and it's fine but she's really good (laughs) like um yeah like there's nothing yeah, actually, like she she kicks some serious. There's there's one fight scene in there where she just kicks some butt, and you're just like, heck yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like it really surprised me when I was looking at top billing for this, and I was like, how is Michelle Yeoh not getting top billing for this? She's in most of the most of the most memorable fights in this. Uh, I, I think, think she's she more of the main character than yeah, Yun Fat. To me, she feels like more of the main character in the story, and her story I is feel, yeah is closely related to to. I feel like the main character is the is the the young girl, right? uh, Like Jen, but (laughs) Michelle Yeoh should be billed above Chow Young Fat. Yeah, which is yeah, it's kind of crazy. If we're going by screen time, if we're going by salary, probably not. Yeah, I think I just think at the time he was he was a bigger name. He was getting a big push in Hollywood. Yeah, and that's true, right? Yeah, that's and and probably def, probably both in Hong Kong and Hollywood, he was a bigger name. He he was the bigger get. Yeah, um, just just by you know, <laughs> just by gender roles alone, probably. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, yeah, he he's he was a megastar, so is a megastar. Um, but yeah, like at that point, was still a megastar, was a megastar. So you know, he turned down the role of Morpheus a year earlier. Like, come on, who does that? Um, apparently. Uh, anyway, um, I think. I I think I want to go in terms of explaining my process with this movie. I just, it took me a while to really understand what was going on. And I think that's because I thought there was more going on than there was because it got to this point where like two thirds through the movie, I paused, I explained the three or four things that I knew about the movie to the, uh, about my movie to the wife. And I was like, by the way, this wasn't like I happened to be scrolling my phone or wasn't paying attention or, you know, fell asleep during it or whatnot. It was just, Okay, so this is a thing, right? So yeah, I was like, and this is that relationship, yeah. And here's where, we, yeah. And then I was like, so what does the sword have to do with anything? She's like, I don't know, like because again, the 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 back of the Blu-ray, like it says, uh, like the the green the, the green destiny sword or whatever. And it's like, and then eventually I just get, oh, it's just a really lightweight, really effective sword that essentially anybody could be good with. Got it. That's why. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like nearly indestructible. It's like super fluid and super fast. lightweight. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's just it's it's the um, it's a MacGuffin. What's the what's it called in a video game where you have a weapon that's just way too overpowered? Oh, dopey. Yeah, it's just that's uh, man. There's a there's a term for it. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's it's like a legendary weapon. Sure, that's a that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, um, it's not it's not the term I was thinking of, but. It it's same same sentiment. It's the you know when when you beat the game, you get this game to go back and make your new game plus easy. You know, right? <laughs> new new game plus so, like yeah yeah um cool. 
So anyway, it was just one of those. I think I was, and that was like I think right before we we got the flashback, um, or not, yeah, with uh, with Jen meeting um, the the love interest. So um, and then and then the movie just really slows its pace at that point, and uh, and almost loses all momentum it has. That kind of bothered me. And then uh, um, I really liked where the movie got to at the end. I thought the I thought the last like ten minutes of the movie was just like riveting, and also like one of my favorite like boss kills i've seen in a long time uh that was awesome i was really afraid though at the ending um by the way we're spoiling this movie um i didn't warn earlier so like if you haven't seen it yeah if you haven't seen it you you want to i'm not gonna give a heavy spoiler warning i don't know that us talking about is gonna ruin your experience but you know if you want that pure then stay away but there's the moment where um sorry i don't remember their names so i'm just gonna call them by their actors uh, but uh, where Chow Young Fat, like he he gets poisoned um, by by that one dart, and then Jen goes back to the village because she's like, I don't know the cure there is. It's just gonna take some time. He's like, I'll hold on as long as I can. And there's some really great acting done by both him and Michelle Yeoh in that scene. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Some really gorgeous cinematography and some really nice, some really fine editing. But there becomes the moment where she, where he dies and she comes back with the uh, with the poison with the antidote just a little too late. <clears throat> And then Michelle Yeoh is essentially like, get out of here before I kill you. <laughs> yeah. And then and then she does that thing where she's like, we're up here now, like make the wish and and then jump. And because the legend that was earlier. And then I uh, I was like, she's going to wish for him to be alive again, isn't she? And then she's going to jump and, then, and the movie's going to end with him. And I was going to hate the movie if that happened. But I thought the I thought the last like specifically everything leading up to. Like that big finale was just awesome, um, really riveting. But did did definitely lose some steam. Did definitely have some pacing issues um, before then, especially kind of going back and forth between like, oh, for this portion of the movie, Jen is the main character. Then for this next portion, it's Michelle Yeoh. Then for this next portion, we're gonna do the whatever the villain's name is. I don't remember. I remember it being something really oddly American, like uh, uh, Jade Fox. Jade Fox, yeah, like. Now all of a sudden she's the main character. Now we're back to Michelle Yeoh. Now we're over to Jen. Now let's do Chai Young Fat again. Cool backstory time. Like it just kind of feels all over the place. But um, I I really I was, enjoyed that factor, and I think it makes sense because this is based off a serialized uh, novelization. So I, I, it kind of made sense to me that the way it shifted, and I don't know, it, it really worked for me. Like. And I, I have it in my notes, like for pacing wise, like for a two hour film, I feel like the pacing really worked for me because like I feel like everything that they introduced that led to the, that, that 10 minutes, that 10 minutes mattered because of all that stuff that was added. You know what I mean? Like the stuff with Jade Fox and the stuff with like it all culminated yeah. and came to a head at the end. Like without some of those scenes, like I don't think that 10 minutes is as powerful as like. I more so mean, I think I think the movie is kind of reaching to a point. And then we we kind of know everything that's going on, and then the movie feels the need to backpedal and show how Jen fell in love with this other guy, and I didn't totally buy into it. Uh, oh, I, I love all that too. That's my like, too. Like I didn't totally buy into it, and uh, but but then like like we already knew where this ended up. So why are you choosing to go back there now? Like it, it felt like a really odd pacing choice. Like, I don't know where else you put it in there or, but I, I feel like that section could have been shortened up and then I would have not minded some other parts to be pretty long. But ultimately like this movie is only two hours. I definitely felt like it was longer than that. I felt like it was not too much longer two twenty maybe. maybe, um, but that's fine because 
low-key, when I picked up the Blu-ray, I was probably expecting 245. Because this is a Best Picture nominated film from early 2000s. You know, if you had a runtime of over 230, you were practically guaranteed. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I just, uh, um, I, I thought it was a really odd pacing choice. And I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how well it worked for me. I think, I think I'm like where a lot of people are. I was surprised when I went to Letterbox to check reviews after this. And most of the reviews I saw were like three and a half stars, um, which is, which is where I landed. Um, you know, with the every now and then there's a five. Um, and then even just general reviews, like it's like, I think this is one of those movies that a lot that people have a good amount of respect for, but, and there are some people that certainly cherish it and adore it like you. And I know, um, I know Adam was specifically gave it five out of five stars. He said the movie's perfect. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I hope that he at least can understand it. I, or at least doesn't think of me less for thinking that the movie's not perfect. Uh, I just, it, it also, Look, here here's here's the other thing too. Um these kind of movies are not really my bag. Like like I said when we were talking about the B plot and and you suggested martial arts films, I was like, have I even seen five martial arts films? Like and it's because I genuine I generally don't like them. They're not really my cup of tea. Um although there's plenty of great ones out there um that I have seen that we'll talk about when we're done with this movie, but um you know there's it's just it's just not typically my cup of tea there's there's typically a lot of like mystic elements into it that a lot of times will pull me out of a movie and then a lot of times the choreography tends to be way over the top um this movie i thought did a really good job of being in that realm but also not being like in your face or or like like when they're doing things like running along rooftops, it's obviously they're obviously they're people on wires, but it's not like way over the top. Like a lot of, a lot of these Kung Fu movies tend to be. So, um, yeah, I, um, I don't know. I don't know that I ever was going to love this movie. Um, because I don't, I don't typically love movies kind of in this vein. I'm also not really a big, like swords and sandals kind of movie lover or whatnot, you know? Uh, and I, it, this is a very different swords and sandals than you normally talk about. You know, normally we're talking like crusades and 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 Europe and whatnot. But like this is still swords and sandals, just Eastern Asian swords and sandals. Yeah, like like chi- like Chinese epic films are like their their own genres within themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like having. I think the equivalent would be like samurai films, right? Like on the opposite side of that, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're their own anyway, genres within martial arts genres. You know what I mean? Like there's like a different. Um, Sure. I, but, I just mostly meant, I mostly mean to say that, like, I don't typically like movies that are like this, you know, but there's there's so much that is so good about it that I did like this movie. I, like the cinematography is great. Um, the score is great. You know, both well-deserved Oscar nominations. That direction is um, I, I mean, obviously, if the if the if the score and the cinematography are great then i'd say the direction's great too. and we already mentioned the acting you know i'd say the directing's pretty great too so there's certainly a good amount of things to like about the movie um but yeah this is just not quite like kung fu movies and um i feel like there's one other genre that i've just never really liked um that just I, or at least maybe i haven't gotten into or just like aren't really for me but uh yeah, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of experience with this camp either. So, uh, and part of part of that, I think, is I used to not like at all. Like, and, and I just talked about this a little bit earlier, but the um, the whole like high wire stuff. Like, it's obvious that's an actor on a wire leaping across rooftops. You know, that makes no sense. Or or jumping over a thirty foot wall. You know, just from flat footed on the ground. You know, like 
Uh, and and like it's fine. Like I think me and my wife were talking about this as the movie was going. I'm like, usually this bothers me, but it doesn't here. And my wife was mentioning that like either I showed her something or there was something that was said uh, or something that she saw that she didn't un- un- understand that it was paying homage to like the Bruce Lee era of Kung Fu movies. You know, th- th- that's just the way they're shot. That's just the way they're made. And for me, it kind of pays homage to like uh, not the violence aspect because like. A lot of Shaw Brothers films productions had a lot, a lot of more violence um, in their films, like Thirty Six Chambers and like Seven Deadly Venoms. But like definitely no homage to like wire food that they were using, like the more kind of like quick choreography and like more wire jumping, kind of more. Um, everyone seems like they're a little heightened. Everyone has like superpowers uh, a bit. Um, so so yeah, I like I said, I I love this film. I'm in the camp where I do think it's like a nearly perfect film. I love thematically what they what they do and what they what they strive for as far as like love and like unrequired love and like what it means to be dutiful um, and like you kind of get like a kind of parallel joint like paths between the two to the main two main characters like one that kind of like is kind of following their heart and wants to be more free and the one that's kind of like kind of restrained her heart because she knew what it meant. Uh, I guess like this isn't really spoiling a movie because like I said we've already talked about it but like her husband um, is the brother of um, it's of chai young fat but it's but it's yeah. but it's not a blood brother right it's a brother by oath brother by oath yeah, yeah. so uh she I, doesn't no, i really i really like that dynamic how she, and, and the way she explains it she's like and the more we we spend time with each other the more we loved each other but to honor and preserve his memory we didn't get together which like look look i'm sure i'm sure the brother up there was like just get together you fools be happy um but it makes for such a good story though you know what i mean yes it's a very and 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 for Michelle Yeoh to just like very briefly explain what was happening, like you could tell there's some tension. Um, and uh, but but then like for her just to be able to like understand, and you're like, oh, immediately I feel like I've been like I've known these people for 20 years. You know, it did make me a little bit upset though at the end where they go into the yeah you know, where where essentially his dying words are like, I've always loved you. Um, and whatnot and you get the feeling that if he were to be saved that they would have you know completely walked back on on their promise to not be with each other and they would have been together which like sure i want happy lives for them but at the same time like i really respected the movie for up until that point showing just a platonic relationship that might even have romantic inklings but them choosing to not just give into it like i think that's one of those things that when a movie does it it really stands out to me because you can't have a male and female lead in them not be, you know, romantically interested in each other, and that's just that just sucks because that's not the way that it works a lot of the times, you know. But they they never play it so like, platonically in the film. They never do that. It's never no? platonic. No, it's really obvious no, that no, they no, love no. each well, other. <laughs> no, what I, what I mean is, I think it's very obvious that they love each other, but they're choosing to subdue their impulses. They're they're choosing to say, "I love this person." So this this like I think this is the what I was trying to say, like. It's very obvious that they love each other, but they're they're not choosing to act on it. They are, I think, related platonically before they are sexually or relationally or anything like that. You know, they're not defined by their relationship is not defined by their attractiveness to each other. It's defined by their their friendship first. But yes, they they're part of that friendship is like like it's one of those things. I really respect when movies can play it off like that. it's one of the right. reasons it's my favorite thing about Bumblebee is how Haley Steinfeld and the other like main guy, like they're just friends. And even though he wants to be more like they're just friends, that's cool. That's okay. They didn't, they didn't make them kiss at the end or anything like that. So anyway, I, um, um, I, 
you can have romantic tension and not and still like be you know resisting urges or um or just they respect each other enough or they're just happy they're they're just happy knowing that that they love each other i would agree with you in most cases but in this case like that is the film is like this is the crux of the film like that's part of the story yeah but so um but yeah i just like like they are so in love that they are just totally happy being just friends for the rest of forever you know um anyway um yeah it's it's I'm, I'd be really curious to see this one again, just kind of knowing what movie I'm actually getting myself into and knowing what movie, like knowing some things about where the movie goes. Cause again, like I was so caught up on what does that sword mean? Like, c- because it just felt so important because also like the opening of the movie is all about the sword and it's like, Oh, got it. No, it just um, means freedom. Really? Like that's all it really like, like, because like well, if anybody like tries to follow her, like they're going to lose. Right. So anybody who's like, yeah, the sword eventually means free. But at the beginning, when I'm tr- trying to figure out what the sword is, it's just a good sword. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. But like, but I'm saying like that the, it it evolved. It's a tool like at the end of it, like it's just like anything else. It's a, it's a tool either for killing or for like and for uh, for telling Bat's character uh, lead. Like that was like that was a tool for killing. He want to get that. You want to get the thing away from as as, uh, as far as possible where for um, Zing Zee's character, like that was freedom for her because anybody would come to her challenger like try to make her come back and, and marry somebody she didn't want to, she could defend herself. Like that was like the, to me, that was like the point of like the sword for, uh, for her. But. I don't think I have anything more to say, hey, but if you have things to say, by all means, um, I think this is one that I might like appreciate more later. I don't know that I'm ever going to enjoy it. Cause again, these just typically aren't my movies and I do hope that they will become my movies someday. Um, but um yeah like because i hope that every movie can become a movie that i can enjoy but at least track record like the i I don't have much interest in martial arts movies and i'm happy that i saw this and i will certainly watch it again um but part of me almost just wishes that the poll would have gone more enter the dragon that way i could finally say i've seen a bruce lee movie um so but uh but either way i um like i'm not mad that i watched it in the slightest you know i'm like i i still i still liked it um but not 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 so enthusiastically, but I'm but I'm glad that you do, and I hope I could see the movie the way you do next time. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Everybody has different opinions on movies. And everyone has like genres or like more into like, and I'm like I've never been one to be like, oh well, oh you don't this like is... that movie, like unless it's like something really ridiculous, like the Godfather am... or something like that. I don't know. This is why I love having you on every week because you are all into that like Eastern Asia stuff. Because I mean, you're a, a vivid anime person. I've never been into anime. I think that's the other genre I was thinking. I've never been into anime. Even like even Studio Ghibli is hit or miss for me. Um, but uh, but but like you really love all that stuff and you bring a different perspective than than that stuff. So I'm especially excited. Like as we're kind of venturing out of just specifically comic book because we're talking about things more like. You know, this I'm really excited we get to old boy because I didn't like old boy the first time I saw it, but I know why. And I, I have a feeling I'm going to love it this time. Um, so my my thing with old boy the first time was I didn't understand the twist um, because I couldn't differentiate people. Um, so because I was a freshman in high school when I saw it. So um, anyway, uh, I just uh, I'm, I, I would love to see this movie through your eyes someday. And I would hope I could get the but. You, I feel like this has mostly been me talking and mostly be, be me saying things that you're like, oh, but I actually love this. But do you have a, do you have other things you want to say about the movie State Your Peace before before we move on? Because like I said, I think I think I'm just out. Yeah, I, I just there's so many great fight scenes too. like even if like you're not in it for like yeah. the story, 
the mm-hmm. beautiful set pieces, the vistas, the fight scenes, the choreography, like everything will get you into this film. Like if you're not in it for like the long haul. Yeah. I mean, even that like first scene where they're the first like big action scene where they're like jumping rooftop to rooftop and Michelle Yeoh's like sort of nonchalantly chasing Jen. And, and then the, the, the scene in the middle of the forest with, uh, with Jade Fox and, and the, and the other people where eventually like the dad dies, you know, it was like that, that, that whole action scene was really cool, especially when it was the, yeah, when it was Chow Young Fat versus Jade Fox. Um, and again, just, I loved, I loved the final boss kill. I mean, it wasn't like long and drawn out or anything like that, but I thought it was super cool. Yeah. It, it's just, it was split quick, second. I was yeah. just like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. But it had to be, cause like they probably would have got dinged. They probably would have got our rating for it. Cause it was, that's why it was so quick. I mean, I mean more so it wasn't a big long, you know, like, like when it's pirates of the Caribbean, it's a 20 minute fort sword fight, you know? Oh no, it was a, yeah, it's a very short confrontation. Yeah, it was a, Oh, okay. One move, you know, um, but also very like, short short but like very impactful right and it has like yeah yes yeah you're right no if they would have if they would have stretched it out more it might have the sensor boards might have uh been a little bit not so kind to it but the way she died anyway i'm, anyways, I'm, I'm more so meant if you're expecting a, a 15 minute sword fight at the end of the movie no you got that in the middle of the movie in the forest you know you get yeah they, they gave you they gave you time you're you're good they, they're going to give you a nice ending it's essentially like if if you take the battle of mustafar and you take everything up to Obi-Wan having the high ground and you put that in the middle of the movie. And at the end, you just have the high ground part. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to phrase it. You only get the high ground part. Yeah. You just have Anakin doing the one move and Obi-Wan rebuttaling. Um, yeah, it's like watching a samurai film and like it's always it's going to go down to the one move. That's it. Yep. One move. But, uh... or, it, or even like how uh, in uh, I mean, this is different because it evolved into something more, but the good the bad and the ugly where you're just like all right cool three-way standoff one bullet you know one second and then the battle's over and then it becomes something bigger but yeah um cool yeah you're right the action's really great and um there's yeah. some there's some really gorgeous scenery shots you know i mentioned the cinematography but like the set designer the the set the the location scout like a plus for them because there's the there's the like lake that they fight at at the end there's the there's the battle in the trees um that was my kind of silly, you know, where they're like both on the same very thin tree branch. Um, there's also the the tower at the end, you know, with the big waterfall. Um, just really great, really unique set design um, location. Uh, so lo- location scouts, set design, art design. Yeah, just e- everything having to do with the look of the great. Yeah, I like I love the restaurant scene. I mean, that scene is iconic where they're taking on all the masters all at once. Like they feel like they've been besmirched upon. Even though they came upon her first when she was just mind her own business trying to drink. But uh, that whole fight scene is amazing. Of course, my favorite fight scene personally is the one between her and uh, Michelle Yeoh. I think it's awesome because you get to see Michelle Yeoh's like full skill. Like her character overall skill is like way higher. But <laughs> she goes through every weapon possible because like, uh, you know, Green Destiny is just indestructible. So uh, it's a really fun fight to see. You get to see her go through various weapons and like see Michelle Yeoh really stretch like her like physical skills out to their like utmost. Um, um, I also thought the villain was like really solid. I thought I I, I thought she was actually sympathetic. Um, it's 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 kind of messed up. Like if you really think about what she went through, like uh, yeah, she was good enough to be you know to be I guess a concubine of of sorts, but like not be taught like all the secret things that that she was able to be taught and. She couldn't learn the utmost skills because she couldn't read. Like it's it's kind of terrible when you think about it. Even though she's pretty deplorable well, and, and does horrible things, 
But and that her protege wouldn't reveal, like, knew the secrets all along and wouldn't reveal. Yeah, wouldn't reveal them because she could read. And, like, that's why yeah. she would been you know, had gone above and, like, knew all these other skills. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you totally get why she feels like kind of like a woman scorned. So, um, yeah, I, I just I just think it's overall a very strong film for all the things that we've pretty much mentioned. Uh, I think Michelle Yeoh deserves top billing. I think she kind of, everybody's really amazing in this, but I do think she kind of carries the film. Uh, sure. I think she's really, really amazing in this. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I grew up, I grew up loving this film for all the reasons that we've kind of mentioned. I love Wu Ping's work, um, and we'll talk about a little bit more Wu Ping's work and when we talk about our list for our top five martial arts films. Um, a couple of them actually that's, on my list. That's about as good of a transition as as we're ever going to get. Um, so let's do that. Um, real quick, actually, I forgot to do this before we started talking about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But uh, Joe, um, anywhere that you want to direct people uh, in case they want to give you a follow to hear more about what you have to say about movies, pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, the Star Spangled Avenger, um, underscore under each one of those words. Uh, I'm talking about like various things like martial arts films as we're talking about right now, video games, as we talked about in the previous episode. That was a lot of fun. Um, anime. No, there's a lot of stuff like that. Are you hopping aboard the Threads train? Uh, no, I'm a I'm a boomer. Like, I don't even I don't even <laughs> I don't even pay premium for um what's the music app? See, what's the music app? Spotify. See, yeah, exactly. I don't even have, like I don't even have like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, got it. Uh, I like Threads so far. It's uh, it's it's similar to Twitter. It's got it's got some kinks that it needs to be worked out. But I like that. Uh, you, there's an extra step of very essentially. It's like. Use your Instagram account for Twitter purposes. And it's like, it's kind of cool. And it's about as smooth as a day one launch could have gone, especially with 50 million sub- subscribers in the first 24 hours. The fact that the servers never went down is insane. So cool. I mean, we need an alternative, right? Like there needs to be an alternative to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know Blue Sky was getting popular, but Blue Sky has been rolling it out to where it's like invite only. It's still in beta. And if they would have been able to just go full open, they might have won. But because threads went full open i think threads is threads meta threads is meta then right okay yep you just uh you just go to your instagram app and then it'll it'll like have you download a separate app um but you could just access it from your instagram app and then it kind of works seamlessly kind of like how like boomerang like you have to download a separate app to get boomerang Uh, oh gotcha yeah very similar but yeah it's a it's it's by meta yep i pick it up it's fun it's fun I might pick uh, it again, up it, like it's like a piece of physical media. I might, I might. And it's a little it. bit more like interactive, a little bit more like, you know, uh, like not like Instagram, not the Instagram isn't, but like, it's a little bit more like, I feel like discussion oriented or like, you know, you can, as opposed to post a picture, maybe somebody can comment like, you know, you can. It, Instagram's like a blog for me. Like that, that's what I use it for. Yeah. It is. Well, I think I have it picked to where whenever you sign up, the one thing, one thing about threads is that, um, you can like say like pick people and it's like whenever they sign up for threads, I'll automatically start following them. So I'm pretty sure I did for all the hip hop people. So um, you might already have like 10 followers when you sign up. Who knows? Um, anyway. Uh, and also a quick reminder, patreon.com slash if you're interested in uh, other thoughts, other things um, from me about any specifically any new release uh, ep- episodes come early on the $5 tier. And then any new release, I've decided to start doing some TV as well. Um, not probably not everything, but since I just watched the bear, um, I gave my thoughts from season one and then season two um, on Patreon. That's the $10 and up tier. 
Um, probably have a couple more coming soon with Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones. And then uh, there's another special tier, the VIP, that I'll let you lead your, uh, read the description there. But um, <clears throat> B-plot, that's what we're doing. Um, sorry, we're just out of order, so that threw me off guard. Um, favorite martial art films. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have nine listed, but I'm willing to get, but to bet that you have most of these listed on yours. So um, let's just kind of go back and forth for a hot second, and uh, we'll eventually get to, you know, having all that we have covered. So, um, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Because I'm sure your list is bigger. I only picked five. Um, I could go more though. We we definitely could if we wanted to. We'll see. We'll 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 see. We'll see how many of the five that you have listed are on my list. Yeah, we can do it. Uh, yeah. So um, I have these listed in no particular order, like at all. Um, but uh, for the first one that I have on my list, uh, I have Unbox the Thai Warrior, stars Tony Jaa. Um, if you have not seen this movie, this is a uh, this is an amazing film with some crazy stunts. If you love like uh, Jackie Chan trying to stunt work but like one a more serious type of like film or take and a little more brutal. Um, yeah, I think this is right up people's alley. Um, Tony Jaw is ridiculous in this film. I think it's his best film, but yep, that was one I got. Nice. Um, I'll kick us off with everything ever all at once. Um, the first film that I thought about, which is a martial arts film is, is also so many other films. I don't think I need to say anything more. You know, right. it's, it's like a comedy it's a sci-fi it's like it's like all yeah. Stuff, yeah but like <laughs> i don't i i don't need to convince you to watch this movie you've hopefully already seen it and if you haven't i don't know why you're waiting but it's best picture winner from last year and deservedly so it's one of the first movie i thought of and uh, you know well worth it yeah great. what you what you got next yeah um yeah we were talking about Wu Ping earlier uh, the, the famous fight choreographer um yeah, one of his pieces of work that I really love, it's like one of my favorite Jet Li films. Actually, I think it is my favorite Jet Li film, is Fist of Legend. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the story of Chen Zen. This is uh, actually uh, kind of based off of the uh, Bruce Lee film, uh, Chinese Connection. Of the, uh, It's the same character. So it's just like another, it's another version of retelling of it with Jet Li um, instead. The fight choreography is amazing. Some of the stuff is a little heightened, a little bit of a uh, little more heightened power stuff going on but like everything looks amazing um but yeah i highly recommend this film especially if you love jet lee well i'll jump off the jet lee train um and i'll mention another jet movie i have a lethal weapon four written no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> he's he's amazing in that movie although I, I i really like all four of those movies so yeah yeah and he's awesome in the movie. now um i wrote down hero um oh great I think pick. hero is one that i need to rewatch because i saw it once in high school i need to rewatch it and i I'm pretty sure that when it. I rewatch it, it will be my favorite, like true martial arts films. I'm not, and that, not like not to take anything away from everything ever all at once, because I think that was still remain more of my favorite. But like produced in Eastern Asia, like you know, not Hollywood made. Um, yeah. Hero is so good, and it might be the prettiest movie I've ever seen. Every every frame, um, yeah, every frame is like a beautiful piece of art. In that film, yeah, it's great. It's a it's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I only actually thought of it like three seconds ago, like like recently, like as you were mentioning your first pick, because like, oh, that reminds me of what's that that movie? Yeah, like so it was not my list. No, that movie's so good. Yeah, it's, I'm it's surprised a, it didn't come up. I like because I, I even googled martial arts movies to kind of help inspire. I'm surprised it's not. Anyway. It's like right in front of my face when I pop it up. Well, Google just dropped it. Up. Really? Yeah, it's like right slide that mill. Um, Hero's super good. Yeah, it's it's good on so many levels. Like not even just from a 
martial arts perspective, just uh, just technical perspective, mm-hmm. like visually audit, like everything you could think of. Uh, great pick. Um, yeah, I have one that's a little um, going for like more of like a kind of beautiful, kind of like artsy film. I'm going to more kind of gritty, uh, but also like probably one of John Claude's better films, uh, Lionheart. Um, he actually does like some piece of acting in this, and he's actually pretty solid in it, um, and I actually like the story. Um, yeah, I would say I would say if you're if you're looking for John Claude Van Damme movie that kind of like a uh, little little less razzle dazzle, I would say like yeah, go for Lionheart. I think I've only ever seen two John Claude Van Damme movies: um, The Expendables two and um, you got to watch the late '80s, early '90s catalog. What's what's the hockey one? Hard Target. Oh, you're watching all the bad ones. What are you doing? I liked I liked the. Oh god! Liked, uh, is, is that sudden, the, is that the oh, sudden death? Hard Target's a good death. one. Hard target, no. hard target's a hey, good film. Hey, hey, sudden death's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Was he in? He wasn't in. Was he in the first Mortal Kombat? Okay, but um, anyway. no, yeah, S- I like sudden, sudden death, <laughs> die hard, die hard light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for my next pick, I will go with this. Is the one that I think at the moment again. I think maybe Hero might displace this one, but this is the one that I think is like my favorite. Um, like again, true, like Eastern Asian produced, um, a film, um, yeah, maybe even film, uh, but I'm going to go with Yip Man and I still haven't seen the fourth one and I didn't see the prequels or spinoffs or anything. So I've, I've only seen one through three and I think all three of them are excellent. I think arguably the best action is in two, like specifically like the table fight is so good. The table fight is really <laughs> But but there's still some excellent action in the first one. And and I think the first one has the best story. So I think the first one is my favorite. Like the second one's a great story. But um, I think the first one's the best film. Yeah, it's yeah. And, and like I could see I could see people saying the second one is better because it has like better action. But yeah, like it's It'd be the, wrong. First, the first one is my favorite. Yeah, they, they could have their opinion, but they would just be a little wrong. Yeah. The first one's no, the I saw one. I saw you man in college, like never like only hearing of it and, but like never knowing anything about it. And then I turned it on and it was instantly just like, this is incredible. Let me watch the next two immediately. And then I did. And I'm like, these are all great. Like uh, three, like I, I thought three wasn't supposed to be as good. Three is as good. I, I haven't seen four yet, but uh, I, I just need to rewatch all four of them. So um, yeah. What's your next pick? Yeah. It's, it's funny. You mentioned Donnie Yen. Uh, my next pick, uh, I have flashpoint Donnie Yen, uh 2007 nice. film. Um, it's kind of like a crime kind of cop kind of drama for the most part. There's actually very little action in it, but when there is action, there is action. Uh, it's, it's really solid. All the fight choreography is really good. There's one fight scene that is super short. Um, it's short for a reason, storytelling wise, um, but it's amazing. And it's super memorable. It has one of the best German suplexes I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would say check that out. Um, yeah. Donnie Yen in uh, flashpoint. You'll see, every bit of martial arts you've ever seen on screen. So it's great. Um, I will give my other, like, yeah, I only have two more that are again, like non Hollywood produced. Um, I'm going to go with the first raid movie. Um, I look, they're both great. But the first but one's I better. always preferred the first one. I think the second one is like, obviously more fleshed out, but that's because it's an hour longer. I don't know that it's quite paced as well as the first one. I think that I really like what works in the second one. Um, I really like when it works, but it feels it. It's a two and a half hour movie that feels like three and a half hours to me. But that first one is like a brisk 90 minutes in and out adrenaline rush. 
can't take your eyes off the screen for a second. Um, yeah, it's so obviously the second one is a better movie because it has more story to tell. But I've always preferred the first one as my favorite movie of the two. Yeah, I'm I done think, now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you, I like, you can talk about it. Yeah, I think I like the first film a lot more than the second film, but they were they were really ambitious with the second film they were they were going yeah, yeah for more storytelling elements and i i get it but that that well, first it, movie is like i said it's 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 smooth as butter it's there's not a you, bit of fat you, there you, when you start the movie the plot is there's a this is a 20 story or this is a 30 story building we're at we're after the guy that controls the building he's on at the, the 15th top. floor yeah he's at the top it's like uh, a video game pretty much yeah and uh there's there's some twists and turns and there's some really good twists and turns um, that actually lead into the second film, and actually, I feel like really help the second film too. But um, yeah, no, there's there's a there's a lot to love. Again, there's a lot to love about the second. It's clearly going to be like it's it was clearly going for a bigger film, like a a more fleshed out film. But yeah, just that first film was so tight. Yeah, the first film's so tight. The second film does have some really amazing fight scenes. Yeah, like the car sequence. The car sequence is good. ridiculous yeah. with the baseball bats. Anyways, yeah, and 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 the the big fight between Hammer Girl and Bat Guy and the other one and yeah, like um and there's and there's the fight from he played Mad Dog in the first one and then they just gave him a role in the second yeah, one. Like, just, yeah, yeah, that 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 one's also great. You know, it's just yeah, movie's great, but yeah. I just prefer the first one. Yeah, I I would say if you have time, watch both of them. But yeah, if you just have time sure. for one, just watch the first one. Uh, yeah, it's funny when you talked about End of the Dragon earlier. I have End of the Dragon on this. This is probably there we go. one of my favorite films of all time, period. It's probably my top five, top ten. Um, I feel like I put martial arts cinema kind of on the map. Uh, made it more in the mainstream. Um, sure. Bruce Lee was phenomenal. He was taken from us way too soon. This was kind of, in my opinion, was his magnum opus. Um, I feel like he was built for greater things. But like we have End of the Dragon. He blessed us with this. And it's an amazing piece of cinema. Uh, if you love martial arts films and kind of like James Bond movies, this, this should be right up your alley. And it, nice. it's a tournament movie too. So you like to get a little Ooh. fighting tournament too. So. Um, I'm going to rattle through five of them here real quick, only because I think they're ones that people just kind of understand, but I'll just say my title. We discussed earlier. Yes. Matrix is a martial arts movie. Matrix is a great movie. Um, you know, uh, take a drink because Aaron's going to defend one of the three ninja movies. <laughs> Dick counts technically. <laughs> I, I love the first uh, one. I think the first one's great. Um, I didn't think about this, but I guess it actually does make a lot of sense. But I'm going with Warrior, the Tom Hardy, um, Joel Edgerton 2011 film. But like MMA stands for mixed martial arts. Like, yeah, that makes sense. It's a martial arts movie. Yeah, it's a martial arts movie. It's a drama, but it, I mean, it has martial arts. It's so good. It's so good. Um, it's funny because I had that as one of my recommendations coming up later. Oh, shoot. I didn't mean to steal from you. No, nah, you're, uh, you're stealing nothing. That's, that's great. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, probably the best action the MCU's ever done. Um, I would and... I would say Winter Soldier would probably be the best. They're probably tied. I'd say they're tied. I think Winter Soldier's editing is still just a little too choppy. Like because they do the Jason Bourne thing every now and then. They do like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I I think I plus I think that um, I think you're right. I, I think, think that Shang-Chi's got some more a little bit more inventive stuff. But I feel like Winter Soldier was the moment that like. MCU moved up from super generic to the maybe tr- they're at least trying some things. Now it was still Turn too quick cut. Whatnot, I, yeah. you know, I agree. Cause Shang-Chi had a lot of the in-camera stuff and a lot of the in-camera stuff looked really good. I just keep thinking about the fight on the scaffolding outside the building. 
and how inventive and creative yet like such a simple set that was like and how or, intense it was or just how iconic like the muni fight scene is like that muni fight scene is amazing yeah yeah and even the, like the bus in the beginning like everything was awesome. uh and then the, yeah, the and then kill bill, the kill bill volume one and two was the other ones that i just wanted to, yeah because yeah um and then i just have one more listed here um because i watched it recently I don't think I'll like it as much as like I'm supposed to as a movie person, but uh, hard boiled from John Woo. Um, so good. Classic. It's I think if I could go back and see it when it released, I would be in awe. But but because I've seen movies like The Raid afterwards, it didn't I can respect. It's one of those where like uh, good, the bad, the ugly, where like I can respect what it did, but it didn't. I don't like it as much as I should have. Um, but for us are nearly 40. We love that. You, we love it. You, but either way, if you're 40 or 28 or you know 16, you should see Hard Boiled. Yeah, it's it's got some amazing, it's got some iconic scenes in it, and it's got one of the most memorable like gun scenes I've seen in any film. Period. You Y'all should see Hard Boiled. You should see Hard Boiled, even though the only way you can watch it is to either buy a DVD. There's no Blu-ray. There's no 4K. Yeah. Buy a DVD or. It's uh, it's now available on um, Amazon Video to buy, but no other like digital retailers. It's really you can't crazy, go to Voodoo right? or iTunes, but you can go to you can go to Amazon Video. So anyway, and either way, it says you can buy it in HD, but you're not. It's SD, and it's the dubbed version, and the DVD is the subbed version. So. Uh, you got to have the sub version. Also, I guess the other way you could watch it is if you get a PS3 copy of the deluxe edition of John Woo's Stranglehold, which is a sequel. You can watch the movie on there, right. Just, just buy the DVD. Just, just buy it. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm telling you to buy an action movie that is in 480p because it's that good. Um, uh, Joe, that's all I got. Uh, any others you want to mention? I mean, if you're looking like for action kind of martial arts films, I mean, you can't go on with any of the Jackie Chan films. If you want a good introduction, I would say Rumble in the Bronx. Um, but his whole catalog, Super Cop, uh, Gorgeous is like a key one for me. That's one of the great, like that's one of my favorite fight scenes of all time is in Gorgeous. They have like a sparring sequence. He has with the uh, other younger gentleman. And it's like, can the older guy keep up with the younger guy type of fight? And it's it's amazing. It's perfect. I've seen the tuxedo. That's a Jackie Chan movie. It is a Jackie Chan movie. Sadly, <laughs> it's a Jackie Chan movie. Uh, it hurts my heart. Uh, the American uh, films. Besides the Rush Hour films, the Rush Hour films are pretty good. I've never seen them. Yeah, the Rush Hour movies are pretty good. But like some of the US movies, not so great. Um, but um, yeah. Um, what else? You mentioned Warrior. Um, Equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Um, Equilibrium, I would consider still a martial arts film. I'd consider it martial arts of Matrix. It's just not a good film. Um, I like it. I, I love. Fair. I just love how cheesy it is. Um, like we mentioned, the Ip Man series, um, House of Flying Daggers. It's another terrific film. If you want something in the vein of Hero, um, but yeah, I mean, Fearless. We were talking about Hero earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, one I would hi- highly recommend. It's not a great film. Bloodsport. Uh, if you want a good time. It's one of John claude Van Damme's early films, but um, it's actually a really. You, don't, you know what else is another one of John claude Van Damme's early films? Sudden. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's not one of his early films. I know, I know, it's not. I just wanted to make you mad. <laughs> Circle back around. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think. Yeah, that's a pretty good list. Again, like when I saw this category, I'm like, have I even seen five? And and let alone five that I like. But no, like there's some good out there. It's just I. It's definitely something that I am not. Um, it, it is not my forte, but, um, you know, now that you've given me some movies to check out, like, sure. And I know like Ong Bak was the big one. Like when you Google it, like that's the top build one. So, um, so, I've never seen it. So like, it's so good. 
that'd probably be the the like first watch list one. But yeah, a couple in there that uh, that are going to go on my watch list. So um, yeah, that'll just leave the spinoff. That one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to recommend uh, or avoid. I'm going to kick us off because Joe, last time you were on, I mentioned that I was like just finished with the first God of War game. And, uh, you know, I've got to say, I think each game got progressively better in terms of like gameplay and controls, but I still think that first one had the best story. Um, yeah, it really does have the best story, but all three of them were great. Um, so I'm kind of following up on that. I'm then I played Ascension and I'm just going to say Ascension sucks. And like, I know people didn't like it when it came out. And I know there are some people that have come out and said like, actually it was my favorite of the original. My my advice if you like for some reason are like me and never played the god of war games and you want to just don't play ascension um especially because it's a completely different control scheme and it pissed me off um is that the prequel yeah i hate that one i totally i totally agree with that it has like really cinematic cameras and it really ruins the gameplay like it like jacks it up really bad yeah there's all again there's also just the weird like the controls were mostly consistent every now and then one button would move or whatnot um but like everything was pretty like you kind of understood where things were going but then when you got to ascension it was like instead of magic being the left trigger it was the right trigger and that was huge because you don't want to accidentally use magic and then you had the primary and the secondary weapon as opposed to like the primary like and then you could like cycle it through with the like three or four different kinds of weapons it felt clunky the whole game just felt clunky it was it was um so i'm on to my new um old playstation franchise that aaron's never played that is um widely regarded i am like five hours into the very first ratchet and clank game oh, amazing. And <laughs> i think i think now ask me again at the end of the at the end of the first game or when i after the end of the second game i think insomniac games is the most overrated studio in the no, industry no get out because I think so far now I've liked them more that I've played Ratchet and Clank, but for those first like three hours, I thought this is discount, not fun Crash Bandicoot. Now I'm starting to get into it. I'm starting to realize what the game is going for and I'm starting to like actually get a lot of the like equipment and I'm realizing it's kind of still Crash Bandicoot, but like it's also still enjoyable. It's not great, but it's good. I think I can help you out with this maybe it will get great. And I hear that the first, like the second game and then moving forward, really improve on, like they kind of find their tone and their voice and whatnot. Going commando. That's where they turn the corner. That yeah. second game. And that second game is amazing. That's why I'm like, maybe at the end of the second game, I'll change, but I'm just sitting here. Like, first again, I was maybe... good. the first game's not that good. Okay. It's generic. I, I'm, again, yeah. I'm, I'm about five hours. In. I'm like, look, it's totally fine. But my experience with Insomniac games is ratchet and clank and resistance, which resistance sucks man it's not a good series i don't know why playstation fans were lording it over xbox for so long no that's not specifically good. resistance 2 is terrible um and then uh um i played um i played a little bit of sunset overdrive on the xbox and it's one that i want to get back into but like i want to try again but i've tried twice now and both times turned it off like 30 minutes in but i really think i'm finally ready for that game so anyway I'm really wanting to like Ratchet and Clank, and I think I will eventually get there. But yeah, I it, this it's I, th- I think you're right, Joe. It's going to take until the second one. And that's what I was re- reading reviews 
that were just saying like the first one feels a little bit weird, but a lot of people still love it for nostalgia's sake. But it feels like the second one is really when they find their groove and their tone and their. I actually played the second one first. I played them out of order. I played the second one first. That's okay. You and probably then, didn't miss anything. And then I played the. I actually went back and played the first one. Was like, oh, well, I'm glad they got a sequel. <laughs> That's all I could say. I was like, eh, it was fine. Yeah, and I'm really excited. And look again, like because there's been so many, and like I've seen like gameplay trailers or gameplay clips from like the new stuff. Like, like, look, I know they're going to be good eventually, but I'm just saying this first one kind of sucks. <laughs> when they find their voice, like they're really hilarious, and the gameplay is really solid. Also, like. Total side note, but I was just thinking the other day, I was like, man, remember when they made that movie tie in to that reboot? And like everybody was really excited about it because like the game people were doing it. But they were just cinematics. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, didn't everybody hate that? And then I looked up Letterbox Review. I'm like, yes, everybody hated it. The game is really good. But the movie's terrible. Kind of, I'm kind of curious to check it out. Like, <laughs> it, it it makes it's kind of mind boggling because it makes like no sense. Like, they basically strung together a bunch of cinematics. It's mm. really backwards how they made the film. It's really weird. It, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you would think with the whole premise, like with everything, it's like the the game voice actors, like the the game directors directed the film. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it's like that's great. But why not just play the video game at that point? Because it's literally the video game, and I'm like watching. The video game instead of playing it whereas like when you're watching like the first mortal Kombat movie that's an interpretation of a ip sure. right this is just sure. like them taking the thing it's just and the cutscenes cut and putting it into a movie that's not mm. yeah uh, whatever yeah i might i might check it out just for you know shits and games i would but. i would check it out and then play the game and then you would it would crack you up you're just like why did they okay. do this cool uh anyway so yeah that's just kind of my ongoing stuff you know I guess I'm avoiding um, God of War Ascension if I have to pick one. Just don't play that game. And I'm just I just need to get it out there that as of right now, I think Insomnia is the most Insomniac is the most overrated game studio. So maybe maybe after I play uh, Ratchet and Clank two, maybe I'll change my answer to Naughty Dog because Naughty Dog has good stuff. But come on, like Uncharted two is way overrated. Is it? It's it's a really yes. good it's a really good yes. game. No, no, the Uncharted games got better every game, I think. They did. Three was the most three was the most fun I had, but I loved four. But without two, you don't get those games. Because one was not great. No, one's terrible. <laughs> but one's two's, so but bad. two's really good though, right? Gameplay wise. So that's why it's, it's good, but like not not like I remember everywhere giving it ten out of tens. I, I just saw an article saying uh uh, that the headline was "Sorry, Last of Us," but fans voted, and Uncharted Two is the best Naughty Dog game. And I'm like, in what world? Uncharted Two right. is the best Uncharted game. No, it's it's not the best Uncharted game. I get what you're saying, but like, it did a lot to for the sequels, I think, right? I think most people think it's between two and four. I think I like three a lot more than most people because it's just so fun. Sure, it's nonsensical and it's it's way more simple than the rest of them, but it's just so fun. It's a solid franchise besides the first one. It's what it's one yeah. of those games where like, oh yeah, I'm glad you guys got a sequel, got it right after the fact. But again, if if we're talking overrated, you know, I've already said that I think the Last of Us game is overrated. You know, we'll see. But as of right now, I'm sticking with Insomniac. But we'll see. Uh-huh. Joe, what you got for the spinoff? Yeah, um, got a couple things as usual. Um, we're talking about martial arts films, so um, talk about samurai films also. Um, so I, I mentioned Thirteen Assassins, directed by Takeshi Miike. Uh, it's, it's a really great samurai film. Um, we talked about Warrior earlier. That was that's on my list. Uh, Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton are amazing in this movie. Uh, I would say check it out if you haven't. Um, the Last Dragon, uh, great uh, martial arts action comedy. Uh, highly recommend it. 
And uh, yeah, and this week we got our first episode of season two of Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm super stoked about that. Uh, it's like one of my favorite anime series going on right now. Uh, so check out the first season if you haven't. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that note, that's a wrap. Uh, remember, you can follow Joe on Instagram at the Star Spangled Adventure and um, Sif Pop on Instagram as well. Uh, also follow Sif Pop on uh, Threads, Twitter, all the good stuff. Um, and uh, you know, we'll see you over on those platforms. For me, you can follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. I guess you can follow me on Instagram um, or Threads there as well. Um, I'm maybe hoping to use Instagram a little bit more, but it's not really. It's been pretty dormant. Um, and a uh, quick reminder, Sip Hop Broader's Room is about the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you want to write for sifpop.com, you're interested in um, sending a question to explore during the B-plot or give us some feedback, then writer's room at sifpop.com is where you should do that. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over on those platforms. I have noticed that... Uh, there are reviews over there. So thank you for those of you who have already done that. I know it's a relatively new feature to Spotify. And I think most people listen to this on Spotify. So um, five stars, please. Next week, Shane and Luke are joining me to talk about uh, the Chaplin film, Modern Times, and the Robert Downey Jr. film, Chaplin. I think that'll be a really interesting pairing together. So Shane and Luke will be joining me to talk about those. Uh, in two weeks, Robert and Jacob will be joining me to talk about Good Morning Vietnam. And next week, Joe, Jason will be joining us to talk about Westworld and Future World. I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm, I'm not like, ex- I'm not expecting them to be good, especially like I know that Westworld is like, at least on Rotten Tomatoes, they get sitting pretty somewhere in the 50s, but I'm pretty sure Future World's in the 10s. Um, <laughs> I, I like I'm, I like Westworld, but I have not seen Future World, so I'm actually kind of excited. I'm I'm not necessarily excited like like anticipating them to be good but i am excited to watch them because i love the show so much so um that'll do it thanks to joe for hanging out really uh really like getting to spend time with you every month and uh this is no exception so yeah it's always a good time for sure well we'll see you next month when we talk about um i just said it what are we talking about um the thing the the movie i already put my show notes away this is great nobody listens this late in the episode anyway. westworld and future world westworld future world <laughs> and we'll see you back here next week to talk about uh modern times and chaplin <laughs>